The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss why diversity in the workplace matters for marketers. Joining us is Julie Kratz, who is an inclusive leadership trainer at Next Pivot Point. Julie Kratz is an acclaimed leadership trainer, speaker, executive coach, author, and the founder of Next Pivot Point. And she's passionate about promoting gender equality within the workplace, empowering women to express confidence, and helping them build a winning career game plan and pivot to the next level. Yesterday, Julie and I talked about how marketers can be allies for diversity and inclusion. And today we're going to talk about why diversity and inclusion matter to your audience and about some of the business results that they can drive. Okay, here's the second part of my conversation with Julie Kratz, inclusive leadership trainer at Next Pivot Point. Julie, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me again. It's great to have you back. We covered a lot of ground yesterday, and I have to say, these conversations are the ones that I find the most intimidating and I get the most nervous about being a man like I am, a sort of middle-aged, God, I hope I'm not middle-aged, but white man who runs a company. It's really hard to talk about this stuff. And I live in fear of a woman on Twitter <laughs> or a black man saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm somehow being racist, or I'm part of the problem. Everything that I hear is you're saying it wrong, or if you're not saying it, you're the problem. Mm -hmm. I'm super awkward about this stuff. Help me out here. I want to say first, thank you for being vulnerable about that and being real about that. And everyone's at a different part on the journey. So I would say the thing that I know that has helped me be less afraid of candidly sharing, I have white privilege, for example, or I don't know what I don't know about this is education. It's awareness. We know with education, your likelihood of saying or doing the wrong thing or being accused of discrimination goes down. So we have to all do the hard work. And I know it sounds like, oh, I got to read books. I got to listen to podcasts, but just exposing yourself to different mediums of which you're probably not used to starts to decrease that fear factor because you start to pick up the language. You start to pick up the tips, the tricks that people share. And suddenly, you know, you arrive in the space where it's like, I'm okay now. And this taking me years to do this. I'm okay now getting on the stage saying I'm white and I have white privilege. And I see the look on people's faces, especially women of color, like, Phew. I'm so glad she said that because I was thinking it. 
Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, white and I have privilege. There you go. Step one. (laughs) The truth is diversity is important from a cultural perspective because it's the right thing to do. But there is also a business result here. When we talk about your audience and we talk about the marketing impact of diversity and inclusion, walk me through why this is important from a business perspective. There's some great business data out there. And by the way, this isn't new data. It's data that's been around for decades by the good folks at Harvard Business Review and many other organizations. So I think to know as a marketer, you're missing out. You're missing out if your organization is not diverse. If you're not reflecting who you want to do business with through every layer of your organization, not just the front lines, not just the middle, but the top, your likelihood of doing business with the people you want to do business with is just lower. So you're missing out on that mind share that you could potentially be getting. You're increasing your TAM, your totally addressable market. When you're able to speak to diverse cultures, you can sell to more people. Yep. And we know innovation goes up. We know decision-making, 87% better decisions with diverse and inclusive teams, 19% higher revenues, 21% higher profitability. This data, McKinsey studied it, Deloitte studied it. (laughs) Two important points here. One, there's diversity on your team and getting the right backgrounds and being able to understand and I don't want to say speak the right language, but talk in a manner that speaks to a diverse set of prospective clients. And on the flip side, there's also who you are marketing to, right? Not just whitewashing your marketing efforts. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. I understand the purpose of diversity and inclusion. Talk to me about From a marketing perspective, thinking about who your audience is, why it's important to consider a wide variety of ethnicities and both genders. 
Actually, gender is a spectrum. So you talked about pronouns in our previous episode. There's more than two genders. So that's actually really important to have people of all gender identities reflected in your advertising, especially if those are the kind of people you want to do business with. See, privileged white men. I forgot that gender was a spectrum. I told you I was going to screw something <laughs> I had someone correct me on this a few years ago, too. We're all allies in trainings. So there's no perfect ally. If we're waiting for everybody to show up perfect, we'll wait forever. So people are going to screw this up and we got to be forgiving of people along the way. Mm-hmm. Reflecting that in your messages, in your spokespeople, in imagery, on social media and ads, you know, thinking about when I look at these images, when I see these voices, when I hear the words that are used in our marketing, does it reflect who we want to do business with? I know that's intuitive to being a marketer. I myself got my MBA in marketing. So I understand that voice of customer is a big deal, but is it really? Because what we find a lot of times in our everyday language, it's very white, polished kind of English, proper English speaking is also code for, we don't use slang. We don't use words that are used in other ethnicities, for example. So they're not going to identify with the message as much. Same with gender identities, showing a lot of straight people, for example, or cisgender people, people that clearly look female and identify as female or male and identify as male. So really thinking about have we used a broad canvas of voices so that we're able to do business with the broadest available, like you said, Tam, that you want to do business with, because really dissecting it and getting that perspective, ask people for feedback on different gender identities, different races, how much they would be likely to identify with your product based on that advertising. Yeah. In terms of imagery, using a diverse collection of imagery that represents a large body of people, I totally hear you. In terms of the language, like I don't feel comfortable writing emails that will come off as less polished and less professional because I want them to be perceived as accessible to every gender. Like I want to come off as smart and polished. So I'm not going to change the way that I speak to address a larger market. Am I wrong here? I think you're right if you want to talk to other white men, the people like you. But I'm also running a business. And let's be honest here. If I start using slang in my business development emails, they're not going to be responded to as well. It depends who do you want to do business with using the words that they would use. So I'm not saying change the way you talk, but reflecting the language of your prospective audience in your own communications. In fairness, I'm getting a little defensive here because I'm thinking about the MarTech podcast. You don't have to change everything. (laughs) I'm reaching out to B2B SaaS companies. I cannot use slang in those emails, but my target market is relatively small. It is a niche. And maybe there's another way for me to do more diversity and inclusion with who we have as our speakers. When you're thinking about products that have a broader, totally addressable market, they can potentially run marketing campaigns that use different types of languages. Yeah. Well, and I think too, think about how quickly the demographics are changing in this country. By 2042, white will not be the majority racial identification. So just thinking about that alone, that's not that long from now. Coupled with the fact that Gen Z, the latest generation to enter our workforce, survey after survey shows they are not willing to work with companies, work for companies, or do business with companies that aren't diverse and inclusive. So millennials, I thought we thought it was cute. Like, oh, nice to have, like, good for you, millennials. But the Gen Z is saying non-negotiable. So I think as you think about evolving, times are changing. So how we communicate with our customers, we have no choice but to change. 
Oh God, now I'm an old white man. This is getting worse. <laughs> and it's not a zero sum game. I think what you're pointing to with some of your concerns, a lot of white men feel this way. Like I have something to lose if other people gain something. And that's not at all the case. See, that I don't agree with. I don't feel that way personally. And that's one of the things like, yeah, diversity and inclusion. I 100% agree that the more the oppressed groups thrive, the better everyone's circumstances get. Yeah. It's not a my pie slice versus your pie slice. The pie gets bigger together. Yeah. And that's how DNI works. And when you embrace it that way, it's like, okay, so how do I make the pie bigger together? What's my part in that? So I think what you're processing right now is like, okay, what are the things I do to be active in this? What things do I have to do differently? And I'll tell you with behavior change is hard. There's a reason why we don't do these hard things. There's a reason why these systems stay in place unchecked. Because to lean in and to embrace, you know, gender is a spectrum like we've talked about and to spend time and, and actively recruit people in different racial representations takes effort. <laughs> it doesn't happen as easily as it does as doing the same old thing. So just like we all know, right, we can't keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. We all know that's the definition of insanity, right? The same goes for DNI. And I'm not at all suggesting that people have to change everything they do just maybe need to change a few things that they're doing with intention if they want to stay relevant with the younger generation, but also understand that the world is changing, accepting that and wanting to be a part of that instead of kind of resisting it. From a marketing perspective, here is my takeaway from our conversation, that diversity and inclusion can help you increase your total addressable market. It allows you to reach more potential consumers. And when you are thinking about reaching consumers that have diverse backgrounds, you need to be able to communicate to them in a way that sounds and feels authentic, which means that you as an organization need to understand what their lives are like. You have to have people that are from those backgrounds in the organization. And so building from within understanding diversity, understanding what inclusion really means, and then working that into your marketing effort helps you broaden your reach, also helps you be more targeted to the markets you're trying to reach. Julie, any last words on the effects that diversity and inclusion has for marketers? Yeah, well, I'd actually like to bring up kind of a case study. Uh, if your listeners haven't seen it, Procter & Gamble's done a really nice job with some ad spots on this recently. It's actually before the recent wave of Black Lives Matter called The Talk. They mentioned Procter & Gamble at the very end, but it's a two-minute spot on the talk that African-American families have with their children about policing. And another one is The Look, about the look that people of color are often given in social settings. And it puts yourself in their position. If you want to kind of follow an organization that's doing a really nice job with multicultural marketing, they know the future. The future of the demographics are changing. And they've got to be a part of that conversation now and reflect that in their ads. And they're also very educational and being shared very widely. So that's just a case study I'd add to the conversation. But the central thing I've gotten from this conversation that you've modeled really nicely is be curious, ask questions. Don't be afraid to goof this up. We want you in the conversation. We want your allyship. You don't have to be perfect. It's a brave conversation and you can't do it alone. Keep having these conversations. This podcast is a platform for people to talk about marketing. And here's what we're going to do to support diversity and inclusion. In our 
onboarding form that everyone goes through to apply to be a speaker on the MarTech podcast. We ask a series of questions about their social reach. Are they interested in sponsorships, who they are, what they want to talk about? We're going to add a field that says, are you from some sort of diverse background? I'm not sure exactly how we're going to work it. And when somebody checks that box off, assuming that they are telling the truth, we will bump up their potential syndication score because we want to reach a broad audience. We also want to be a platform that supports diversity and inclusion. Julie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for setting me straight. Thanks for giving an old white man the chance to talk about <laughs> diversity and inclusion in a safe space. It's been really fun. Thanks for being brave today. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Julie Kratz, inclusive leadership trainer at Next Pivot Point for joining us. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Julie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Next Pivot Point, or you could visit her company's website, which is nextpivotpoint.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out over social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.